0: Welcome to the Eagle County School District Board of Education meeting, January 10th, 2024. Back to school. Please join us for the Pledge of Allegiance. I
1: pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible,
0: Thank you. And thank you to all who attended the work session this afternoon. We learned about nutrition services. We got a a Head Start training update and some school improvement presentations from three different schools, principals. All right, we're gonna start a regular session portion of this meeting with the consent agenda. Again, this is uh, a way for us to approve items of a routine nature uh, so we can spend a little more time on other items tonight. Uh, Any item on the consent agenda may be removed by the board if you so desire. On our consent agenda tonight, We've got some meeting minutes, uh, approval of an open meetings law resolution, and some personnel matters. Uh, Any questions, comments from the board?
2: Um, Thank you, President Reynolds over there. Um, I did want to point out just one item that we have on the consent agenda, not with a request to pull it off, but more to point it out for folks that are listening in or joining us here in person. Uh, We do have a declaration of critical shortage for key positions. And I want to point it out um, because I think it really reinforces the critical place that we are in with staffing, both recruitment of new teachers, retention of our quality educators, and we know how much that matters for our students. Um, So I just want to read out loud the statement here of the pertinent facts for folks to understand. Uh, So it reads, Eagle County School District is experiencing critical shortages in several employee categories. And this declaration, which if the consent agenda passes, this will um, be declared, will make it possible to hire retirees and exceed statutory limits on days of employment. Um, So figuring out creative ways to make exceptions so that we do have um, great folks here in front of our classrooms and serving our students. Although that's probably not our long-term solution. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Any other comments? Hearing none, Missy, could you vote us?
3: I move to approve the consent agenda. A second. Thank you. Mrs. Alter? Aye. Mrs. Connelly? Aye. Mr. McQueenie. Aye. Mr. Pena? Aye. Mr. Reynolds? Aye. Ms. Hartel? Here. Um, M- Mrs. Tevar Kunis. Um, here. Hi. Oh, Sorry. I. I. <laughs> Thank you. Motion passes
4: 7-0.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Missy. Next up, we have public participation. Any blue cards? No. Don't, that doesn't look like it. Doesn't. We look actually
3: like... do have a blue card tonight. Okay. So we invite Wendy and Tessa to the podium.
0: Thank you, ladies, for coming before you get started. Just a reminder, you have three minutes, okay? because we've got a lot of people who also would like to speak tonight. So just just keep them in mind. Three minutes starting now.
2: Well, thank you for all you do. We're here tonight to um, wish you a happy new year and to officially invite you to Project Funway 2024. Woo woo! Um, It is Saturday, March 23rd, and we look forward to having Eagle County School District's Board of Education at the event. You guys have been great supporters, and to continue to do the work that we do and keep the doors open and and trot around in our green vests. um, We need all the support we can get, so. Thank you for
5: everything.
0: Thank you both, amazing job. And uh, just to remind folks at home, we, uh, we do love having the public come and, and uh, present or give their input to us. So thank you both for being here tonight. All right, next up we've got... Oh, we yes.
3: actually have one more blue card oh, that just came goodness. in. Great. So we invite Matteo Lozano to this podium.
2: Thank you for joining us. The mic is all ready to go, and we've got three minutes on the clock, so you can
6: use up
2: until that. Thank you.
6: Hi. How's it going, everybody? Uh, My name is Mateo Lozano. I'm a regional manager with Voces Unidas de las Montañas. We're a nonprofit dedicated to amplifying Latino voices through advocacy. Voces Unidas de las Montañas organizes and mobilizes local Latino and Latina leaders from the central mountain region to change inequitable systems. We work on social justice issues like immigration, climate, transportation, housing, healthcare, public education, economic mobility, and much more. I stand before you representing a group of parent leaders from the Eagle River Village, also known as the Edwards Mobile Home Park. I've been working closely with these parents for over a year. In the past year, I've heard many, of these isu- many issues impacting the quality of life for these families. Uh, one of them uh, con- has been and continues to be the inadequate transportation option for families that have children who need a school bus to get to the school. In Eagle River Village, children, most of whom are Latino, between the ages of 5 and 10 years old, have to walk a long distance to their bus stop without some sort of, most, some of the most basic safety measures to get to their bus safely, on time, and in a practical manner. This has a demoralizing effect on children and their families who have to choose between finding a different transportation option or biting the bullet and walking half a mile in mostly icy conditions to catch the bus. We are fully aware that this issue is not simple matter. We understand that the construction of this bus stop was not going to be a simple task. We do recognize that we were told that this was going to be a complicated undertaking. What we were not aware of was that this was going to, that we were going to be left without a clear solution for these children for two whole years. We have waited for the school and other parties involved to take the issue seriously, but parents have been left in the dark with nothing more than excuses about the lack of progress and weak promises that the problem would be resolved expediently. I want to make it clear for the record that there was only one meeting to discuss this problem with families of the Edwards Mobile Home Park back in November of 2023. We are now in the middle of January, 2024, and the families at the Edwards Mobile Home Park continue with the same issue, with no updates and no clear understanding of when the bus stop will be constructed. Everyone's best guess, including school administrators, is that it will get done next summer. Members of the board, it is my disappointment to have to tell you that these parents do not trust that this issue is being treated with the care that it truly needs. Their demands are simple. The community at the Edwards Mobile Home Park wants updates on the status of the construction of the bus stop. More importantly, the parents want to see a temporary fix that will be implemented to prevent their children from getting hit by a car while walking walking by the side of the highway. There were various suggestions on what could be done while the construction of this bus stop took place. These suggestions included, but were not limited to hiring a crosswalk guard and installing concrete barriers in strategic areas to prevent a car from swerving into the sidewalk. These ideas came directly from the school and none of these ideas have been successfully implemented. We demand that these temporary solutions be reassessed and implemented as soon as possible. I will offer you all with one last thought and end with this. This is a sentiment that I hear over and over again from many of the families that I work with. Would the construction of this bus stop take so long if the construction needed to take place in any of the affluent white neighborhoods in any other parts of this region? Would this issue be taken more seriously if the people affected were not lower income Latino families? The longer families wait for the school to take this issue more seriously, the more that sentiment grows and resonates with them. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Mateo.
0: OK, Secretary T. any other blue cards?
3: That would be 49.
0: Thank you. All right, Uh, next we have new and old business. This is an opportunity for input on work session and agenda agenda items. Tentative topics for the January 24th, 2024 meeting include more school improvement plans, uh, another presentation by one of our preferred partners, approval of the revised budget, uh, construction contract approval and monitoring reports. Are there any other items that board members would like to add to this upcoming agenda? Okay, hearing none, we will move to the superintendent's report.
1: Thank you, Mr. President. Jump right in here. Let's start with some celebrations. Had a restful break Uh, appreciated uh, a few days off in there I didn't get the whole two weeks off like many of the employees did, but most of our district staff Kept working through the break. We had plenty to do, but it slowed down. So I got to ski a bit got to Denver a couple times Um, Got my son to take driver's ed and pass his test and get his permit it's a little terrifying, but we'll work our way through that, and uh, worked with uh, some case representatives on some legislative work uh, as that session starts today. Uh, this is uh, School Board Appreciation Month, so I wanted to thank you all for your participation and giving your time and your talent to to our organization. Um, and I have for you an official proclamation signed by the governor of the great state of Colorado. So I'm going to pass these down to you. you can, Take this and uh, send it to your moms and let them know that you're doing good work. They can frame it, put it on the refrigerator. This, uh, this is a volunteer job. I want to make sure everybody understands that, that our board members are not compensated and, and they spend a lot of time uh, reviewing the, the packets for these meetings, understanding uh, the goals and challenges of this district. Uh, and mo- most importantly, you guys serve as a, as a conduit between the community and the organization. And we're a public school district, and we represent everybody. And you uh, bring that community voice into this room and into all of our policies and uh, and our directions and strategic plans. So thank you very much for the many hours and many days that you've put to this job. And uh, know that uh, we do have... Um, formal gifts, I mean, beyond this proclamation, which is amazing. amazing. I mean, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna beat that, uh, but we have another meeting in, uh, in January where you'll receive your, your gift uh, from, from the organization. So thank you very much for the time that you put into this. Appreciate your work. Uh, also wanted to give you a heads up on the uh, January Professional Development Day. You, we, we did get approval from this board last year to uh, make some adjustments to the calendar. One of those was that we got to have a district training day on January 8th and uh, had some excellent opportunity for collaboration uh cross district that we seldom get to do so we had teachers in, in grade levels from all different schools working together uh, department members and secondary working together that rarely get to sit in the same room together it was it was very productive and, and our, our post meeting uh survey we wow. had 80 percent said they felt like it was a good use of time so appreciate that opportunity and uh, we got a lot out of it and thanks to, to katie and her team and uh, Dr. Ashley Winnan and the work that she did to, to make that all happen. So appreciate that. Uh, beginning of second semester is kicked off uh, today for our students. Uh, and I did wanna offer a quick celebration about standards-based grading, especially about Mountain High School and Eagle Valley High School. We heard from uh, Principal Mills earlier this evening. And uh, I believe that this past semester will, will represent for us the most difficult transition for our two comprehensive high schools. In making this transition to standards-based grading we knew it would be difficult Uh, it's the first time for many of those teachers to do this work Uh, and for some of the students not all uh, but uh, some of the students this was a a, it was a cause for anxiety Uh, how am i going to do in this Uh, and there were some nerves about it but uh, with that semester now in the books um, i can tell you that um, we have received and correct me if i'm wrong i'm looking at their other team over here But uh, I don't think we've received any formal grade appeals at this point. So any concerns about grades were worked out among staff and students or or school administrators. So uh, it was a learning opportunity. And every semester from here on out will get easier as we do this more. And I just want to tip my hat to those teams at Eagle Valley and Battle Mountain for getting through this this difficult transition time, but I know that it's going to get better. Uh, So good work to them. All right, a few updates and then I'll, I'll pass the microphone um i will be involved in the case legislative committee work again uh this legislative session i serve as a co-chair on that committee and we'll have eight to nine different meetings i i need to talk to whoever chairs that committee they schedule these meetings for late friday afternoons who does that i i don't know but um, fortunately uh these meetings will almost all be zoom meetings so i won't need to go back and forth to denver too much Uh, i will be down there next wednesday Uh, to to have lunch with our particular reps and senator from our district and and talk to them about the legislative agenda coming up. Um, But looking forward to to doing that work with CASE and and pushing K-12 as a priority in the legislative session. Again, that starts today, and we have heard from a few legislators that their priorities for this year include increasing school funding. And again, I'm from Missouri, so show me right you got to show me the results i hear that every year but i I need to see the results Uh, we are still hearing uh, optimistic forecast uh, that the the budget stabilization factor will go away but it's early in the session so don't hold your breath until may a lot could change between now and then but we're cautiously optimistic Uh, they're also talking about expansion of career and tech programs and frankly they might look to us to see how that's done because uh, we've really set the bar in the state with our Career X and Career wise program, our alignment with Colorado Mountain College, uh, our, our former P-TECH program. Uh, we've got a lot of really good things happening around that. Uh, so that goal aligns well to what we do. And they're also talking about retaining teachers. That's not a surprise. Uh, there's a huge teacher shortage. Uh, we experience it here, but it's, it's being felt acutely around the, co- the country. So we'll see how those goals translate into actual legislation. I also wanted the board to be aware that uh, there will be a negotiations survey and development in the next few weeks. So the negotiations team that consists of some of our um, district leadership team members, as well as leaders from the Eagle County Education Association or the teachers union, will be meeting to talk about what they would like to um, survey to their members. And the primary question will be, um, you know, with limited funds coming from the state, and the goal to retain teachers and recruit the best teachers what might me what might we do as an organization creatively uh, to try to entice people to be part of our organization so not sure what we'll see out of that uh, we're hoping to solicit a lot of ideas and maybe some creative solutions that we can bring into the negotiations process this spring but wanted you to know that that survey will be in development and we hope to administer that by end of the month or early february is that right adele okay perfect and our AI think tank, uh, we had an article run in the Vail Daily recently about that. That generated some uh, public interest, got a few emails about that. Uh, that group will start to assemble later this month. So excited to see that work. And thanks to, to Dr. Jarno and Bree Chittenden and the EdTech Department for getting that off the ground. That, are, that concludes my comments, Mr. President.
0: Thank you, Superintendent Qualman. Okay, it looks like we have allocated about... Two minutes to board reports, so Ms. Alter, (laughs) 10 seconds.
7: Thank you. That's excellent since I've been on break for pretty much the past month, so uh, not a lot to report. Um, I do want to reiterate Project Funway, yay, March 23rd, and I do think that uh, applications, if you want to design, I think are supposed to be due by the 15th, so a reminder to that. Um, And a congratulations to uh, November's uh, Effective Apple Award, Kelly Place. She's at East... CCA educator, second and third grade. Um, And then I just wanna make a quick comment. Sorry, I never 10 seconds. Um, Chris Del Sordo, who's the head of our nutrition services, came to our work session today. Um, along with Dana Whelan, who's part of um, the wellness, uh, she kind of chairs the wellness committee. Um, but I just want to let everybody know, because I know there's been some chatter and some complaints about some of the breakfast and some of the food service items that are being served. Um, and it's just really hard. It's a supply chain issue. It's a money issue. Um, Chris is an amazing guy working really hard in an impossible task, and is trying to make some great changes. Um, but I just want everybody know that uh, that you know the comments, so we hear them and he hears them and he is doing the best that he can. Um, so hopefully uh, there'll be some changes but he's a great guy working incredibly hard An impossible task. So thank you, Chris.
0: Thank you, Kelly.
4: Harry? I had a great break. Uh, I hope everybody else did too, you know, seeing family and going back East. So that was nice and traveling was minimal. You know, it was in and out of Eagle. So that was great. Uh, I will be going to a training. Uh, Mountain youth is putting one on for positive youth development. I got asked to Go to that training, so I'll go to that and I'll be able to report something when uh, we meet again. <clears throat> Lilia?
8: Dan? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've been stuck at home on crutches for the last few weeks, so I don't have a lot to report either. But I did want to say thank you to all the staff and the kids that put on the holiday performances, because those are some of my favorites. And they did a great job again this year. And um, I hope everyone
5: enjoyed their break. And welcome back.
4: Nice job, Juan. Um, Grossman opened today. I um, just had a good time with break. The girls came down from college. Um, I did get a send a text to my daughter. Uh, Remember the time when you gave me COVID and she goes, why not I go, because it just happened. Um, that was the extent of my break. Thank you.
2: Um, mostly enjoyed my break. It was a little different than they've been in the past, but took advantage of the time with the children. Uh, one project that's been keeping me really busy is the healthy kids colorado survey There was a pretty big article in the Vail daily yesterday so if anybody wants to learn more about the project and uh, Why we do it why that information is important. That's a great resource I do want to give a shout out to the school district communication department as well as the building level leadership uh, we have really listened to the community and tried to uh, be more transparent Earlier and more often than we ever have in the past with this project. Um, It's super important for the schools and our community to have this information on youth behaviors. And we kicked off just today at two schools with over a 1,000 students that participated, and it'll be a a big focus for the next two weeks or so. Um, And then I want to end with a shout-out to Superintendent Qualman. Happy early birthday. I believe it's the birthday eve. Okay, Um, I hope you get to do something fun and and enjoy it. You deserve it.
0: Okay. Um,
3: We had a great break. And um, yeah, kids were not happy to go back to school, but (laughs) such life.
0: (laughs) Nice, Lou. Okay. Oh, my report. Here we go. It is the start of a new semester, so let's get out there. Let's really work hard as a team. We've got a great team, great superintendent, great district administrative team, great teachers, great students. The teaching profession is the coolest sexiest most important profession in the country so let's let's get uh let's get crazy for this second semester okay back to business um we've got a community partner presentation we've been rotating through our partner presentations for the past few months uh to hear their mission and their partnership plans with the district so be partners come on up
2: as they make their way over, I hope it's all right. This is a pretty special one. We rarely have partner presentations that include students and alum, and super excited to hear from some younger voices. Thank you.
8: Do you want us to be at the podium or? It might be easier to, mm-hmm. to click through the presentation for you. There it is, right here. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But we're that's okay, I can see from um, right Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> All right, my name is Amy Lewis. I am a member of the Education Foundation of Eagle County. Um, I work mainly in grant writing, and I also work within the BE Partner Coalition. Um, So the the purpose of the coalition, I'm going to go ahead and read it, because that is really important to get it correct, but with a commitment to shared resources and program alignment, the BE partners support K-12 behavioral education with evidence-based programs that align with state and national academic health standards, they integrate positive youth development principles and strategies, and promote prevention and resiliency. And the members include Bright Future Foundation, Mountain Youth, Speak Up, Reach Out, EFEC, um, Red Ribbon Project, who is now Peer, Promoting Empowerment Eagle River. And we recently, just in January, or this is January, in our December meeting, welcomed My Future Pathways into our coalition, which is very exciting for this group. Um, we were established in the 2018-19 school year at the request of the school district to really kind of organize our efforts within the classrooms and make things more streamlined and really try and capture or identify any duplication of services. Um, so, and then in 2020, in 2019, we received funding from the Colorado Health Foundation, $277,000. Um, that went to all of the organizations. And then again in 21 to 23, they funded us for another two years at 291,000, 720. And this is when we added our youth advisor position, um, which was really, they really wanted to hear from the youth. Um, and it's definitely been, a helpful just just a really great vision for the for the coalition to move beyond just doing the programs but also listening back about the programs um, and in 2024 the advancing systems change from Eagle County grant has allowed us to continue our youth advisor position um, so if we can click through to the next slide <clears throat> So EFEC is really the, the coalition convener. We do not actually deliver programs in the classrooms, but we uh, do the funding support. We're district liaison, we're community engagement, and we supervise youth advisor position. Um, Mountain Youth, just to give kind of an overview real quickly about the programs, because you will hear from each of these organizations individually more in depth. But Mountain Youth uh, delivers life skills programs and they're in grades three through eight. Um, They were up in high school programs, but uh, we're moving, that is transitioning now to the health teachers, I believe, for the life skills. Um, And they also deliver Project Alert to our seventh grade um, students. Promoting Empowerment Eagle River, they deliver maturation, sexual health, uh, it has been kind of renamed or reframed, in a Youth Skills Building, but it definitely aligns very specifically with Mountain Youth. Again, this is part of a coalition working really hard together, the efforts to align. Um, and they deliver in fifth through eighth. And then, Quidate, sexual health education, is now being transferred over to our health teachers in ninth grade. So transitioning more of that curriculum from our youth providers or community providers into our school district, um, which is ultimate goal um, to have a a well-rounded social-emotional curriculum. Thank you, Christy. Um, Speak up, reach out, Um, you're all familiar with signs of suicide is their main um, curriculum and they're in grades four through 12. They do have some other very specific programs that work within the signs of suicide um, overarching curriculum. Bright Future Foundation um, does one love violence prevention. They're in grades nine through 12. They're very focused on consent and building upon the peer. Um, curriculum, so once we get the sexual health curriculum, then we really need to understand consent and the importance of consent, particularly in some of our LGBT and um, Latinx communities where consent is being highly reported in our Healthy Kids Colorado survey. Again, very important survey that we rely upon for these indicators. Um, And then My Future Pathways, which we're very excited to have as our... um, as another one of our members, but they do uh, their, theirs is called My Future Pathway Mentoring. It's culturally culturally relevant AVID curriculum in the seven mindsets, um, and they have various resources. And they're in grades six through 12, but very focused in the in the AVID um, community of youth. Um, so now our strategic goals for this upcoming school year is to continue working with our youth advisor. Christy has moved on and gone to college, um, and we have just hired Gabriela Gallegos from Battle Mountain High School in the agenda. I think it says Eagle Valley High School, but she's actually uh, gonna be a 2025 graduate from Battle Mountain High School. yeah, we're just we're looking to continue these this work that that Christy has started um, with our emphasis on diversity equity and inclusion and discover ways to connect our parents to the youth perspective in addition to Our school district to the youth perspective um, We're starting to discover that parents actually need as much education or more about the youth perspective Um, We also want to attain a district-level buy-in for dedicated social-emotional learning time. We know this is something that the district is working on. We're just here to continue to work toward that goal. Um, We want to expand our cross-training for program facilitation um, to more counselors, to our other organizations, so we can share our facilitators. Really, the ultimate goal is to reach more youth with these programs. We would also like to see some MOU agreements um, between the schools um, and our organizations. Um, Just again, it's it's more of an accountability piece. Um, And then we just wanna continue supporting the district policy updates um, regarding behavioral education and we know that that's ever evolving and we wanna support that. So with that, kind of a brief overview of, of this coalition and the efforts the coalition do. I'd like to turn it over to our youth advisors and let them, if you want to click down to the, oh, you did. So Christy joined us in the January 2022. It was her spring semester of her junior year. The first uh, kind of job that we gave her, is we had her observe all of our programs in middle school and high school. And she gave each organization Feedback she filled out a perspective form she sat down with facilitators and really gave them Feedback from the youth perspective and then from there we challenged her with facilitating some Youth focus groups to collect more similar information that she provided but from a broader group of students and in order to do this um, we went into Several already established school programs or school groups um, We decided that it would be easier to identify the school groups and go and uh, work with them rather than trying to Recruit youth to come to us and tell us what they think so With that I'm gonna turn it over to Christy and she's gonna go through a report that she put together and presented to our coalition back in July and now back from school
5: she has an opportunity to present so okay hi um, I'm Christy um, and so I'm, I'm the one facilitating these focus groups and more specifically the goal of our focus groups um, was to inform the partners from a youth perspective regarding ways to adjust and adapt be part BE programs to the needs, assets, cultures, and contexts presented by underrepresented youth populations. Um, if you want to follow with, along with me, if you guys brought it, this is uh, my whole like a year of my life last year. I worked so hard on it, so please treasure it. Um, but if you want to follow along, I'm on page two. Um, so the underrepresented youth populations that we were aiming for um, to hear from is our Latino students, our students with disabilities, and our LGBTQ plus youth, um, like Emmy mentioned the easiest way to really like hear from these students was to go into a space they were already meeting in. Um, So we got into these in in school groups and then out of school like community groups that were occurring after schools. Um, So the focus group started in February of 2023 and then ended in May of 2023. Um, And we ultimately reached 208 students. Um, So on page three, um, you can refer to the table that shows on um, the date, the location, number of youth, and um, the peer group name of each focus group that I facilitated. Um, and so it was 18 total focus groups. Um, and we reached um, Hope Squad, um, which is an in-school group uh, facilitated by district administration, school counselors, and supported by Speak Up, Reach Out, um, designed to spread kindness and act as peer support for fellow students who may be struggling with mental health challenges. Um, we got into GSA, which is an in-school group supported by Mountain Pride to create a safe, fun space for LGBTQ youth. Um, to GIA, which is a Latina bilingual girls um, group who works as bilingual tutors for younger kids. Um, majority of these students are in high school, and this is supported by Mountain Youth After School. Um, youth Equity Stewardship, which is a district-wide youth peer group um, supported by Eagle County Schools implemented to create equity change agents in youth who will change school culture. Um, Adaptive Mentorship Program, Um, This is only at Eagle Valley High School to my knowledge currently. Um, This is students without disabilities mentoring students with disabilities in classes such as art, music, and PE. Um, Gifted and talented GT students, um, this program managed by exceptional student services in Eagle County Schools. Um, to serve youth identified with gifted um, intellectual and enrichment abilities. Um, This is mostly, to my knowledge, active in middle school and less active in high school. Um, Valley's Voice is after schools with Mountain Youth. Um, They youth get together and work on passion projects to positively change and impact their community. Uh, My Future Pathways um, as we mentioned, nonprofit organization to support Latino boys and girls in middle school and high school through after school programming um, CLIMB, uh, an Eagle County Schools exceptional student service program serving students with disabilities as they transition into adulthood and the last one is AVID um, which is a nationwide program provided by Eagle County Schools to support first generation middle and high school students with college and career readiness and academic success. Um, on page 4 at the bottom half, there is a pie chart you can refer to that really shows like a good breakdown of um, the proportions of the students, student groups that we were able to reach. Uh, moving on, I'm going to quickly go through um, the focus group format. Um, so the focus, focus group was um, looking to really uh, talk about four big topics. Um, Mental health and suicide prevention with Speak Up, Reach Out. Uh, Violence prevention and healthy relationships with Bright Future Foundation. Maturation and sexual health with Now Peer. Um, substance use prevention and healthy decision making with mountain youth. And so we collected this information from the students in four different ways. Um, Chronologically, we started with a interactive discussion, which was a human scale activity. Um, On one side of the room, it's yes. On the other side of the room, it's no. And if you're somewhere in between, you stand in between. Um, And so this was kind of like our icebreaker. We started with like, do you prefer the beach or the mountains? And then we moved into a maturation question. Um, Should maturation be taught as mixed gender classes or gender specific classes, knowing that the lesson is the same regardless of gender mix upon program delivery? Um, After asking this question and kind of getting a little bit of a reason why out of our students, um, we then ask the same question, but from your parents' viewpoint. Um, Following this interactive discussion, uh, we move into our open-ended post-it poster questions. Um, This took the largest chunk of time in our focus groups. Um, One poster is for one of the four main topics that I discussed earlier, and we had four questions around our topic. The first one was, what do these words mean to you? Um, From the programs provided, uh, what part of the topic area do you feel like you connect with or have a positive impact? Um, What feels confusing or unclear, and what would help you understand this topic better? Uh, What do you want more of? Um, The third uh, way we collected information from our youth was from a life skills survey. Um, So we had our youth uh, rank specific life skills on a scale of zero to four, um, as to how much the identified skills are used by the students individually, and how much they feel like the skill is used or discussed at home. Um, We ended the whole thing off with an anonymous note card reflection asking um, out of the four topics that we discussed today, which one do you find the most important and what should we focus on the most? So with that... Um, I wanna share my findings, obviously. Um, And I just wanna go over some really big themes that I collected from um, the students that I talked to. Um, So overall, some general themes with all groups um, is that students want to understand how to communicate and set healthy boundaries. Um, Students want to know how to say no to peer pressure in general. They want opportunities to practice this. Students want to be able to apply the material they are learning by having more resources available and having more opportunities to practice it uh, and having people within the schools available to talk or more peer-to-peer support. Students want more relevant scenarios slash examples in real life stories. They think a presenter or educator that is around a youth's age would help with this. Students want to be able to support their friends through their struggles, whatever it may be, but don't really know how to. and students report wanting more trusted adults within schools to help with one-on-one support. Um, some general themes we were able to take from our Latino population is that um, a big portion of our Latino population actually did not know what the BE Partners was. Um, so we uh, note that there is actually a very big disconnect um, from the Latino population and the resources um, that the nonprofits can provide to our to our students. Um, We can also note that with our students with disabilities, these students um, reported not receiving programs that the general student body is receiving, um, and they voiced a lot of frustration because of this. Moving on, we have um, some general themes under the topic of mental health and suicide prevention. So um, students want more classes on mental health and suicide prevention. Um, Students want to learn more coping strategies with stress, anxiety, and trauma. Um, Students recognize that this topic is a huge issue in our Valley, but feel it's not discussed enough in school. Um, And students want to break the stigma around mental health and suicide in the community. our specifically our Latino population um, reported kind of a disconnect at home um, when it comes to having like mental health support. They said that their parents um, didn't seem to know how to support them with mental health. Um, we can further see this disconnect in like the life skills data that I will be sharing later. Um, moving on to our third topic. Um, violence prevention and healthy relationships. Some general themes and takeaways from that, from the students, is that students want to know more about healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships along with the different types of abuse. Um, students report not receiving any violence prevention or healthy relationships programming from Bright Future Foundations. Um, they altogether just want more classes on this topic. Um, and then moving on to our last topic, um, which is maturation in sexual health. Um, some general themes from all the, all the students is um, that they understand consent and want more open discussion around it to help them reinforce their knowledge and apply it to their own lives. Uh, students want more classes on maturation and sexual health. Students want more queer inclusion, gender identities, homosexual relationships, gay sex, differences between sex and gender, and hormone therapy included in maturation and sexual health. Um, and majority of students said maturation and sexual health should be mixed in order to normalize learning about body health and to avoid building heterosexual norms. Um, our LGBTQIA community that we were able to reach um, definitely had, they, they really piped in a lot when it came to um, maturation and sexual health. So I kind of wanted to share um, their suggestions and recommendations. Um, so they were pushing for mostly um, mixed gender um, maturation. Um, saying that it will just, like, it will, uh, combat just, um, enforcing heterosexual norms, um, and it's just, it's going to be awkward anyways, so you just kind of got to push through it. Um, and they also said that, um, if the kids truly need to be separated, to use the words biological sexes instead of the term gender, um, And they report thinking that heterosexuality is the only option, um, and they just wish that, (coughs) excuse me, that they learned more about um, other sexualities in school. Oh my gosh, I have another topic, guys, I'm so sorry. So for substance use prevention and healthy decision making, um, all groups uh, mentioned that they understand substance use prevention and want more open discussion around it to help them reinforce their knowledge and apply it to their own lives. Um, And students want to dig deeper and understand the science and biology behind how drugs affect their body. Um, So that's like the big themes and findings from um, our students. Um, And then as for the life skills survey data, we, um, we identified nine life skills. Um, So we used self-esteem, stress management, communication, assertiveness, dealing with conflict, understanding values, goal setting, decision making, and coping strategies. so throughout all the groups, um, all students participants consistently reported using all individual life skills more on their own than discussing or using the skills at home with their family. Um, we see the biggest parent-student connect disconnect um, in the Latino community. Um, and then we also see that all participants are reporting that they utilize skills for understanding values, goal setting, and decision making the most. Um, areas that students report using the least include coping skills, Conflict management and stress management, which aligns with students asking for more mental health support in all of our focus groups So with all of this knowledge that I just dumped on you um, I came up with some recommendations Um, So a couple of the recommendations that um, I was able to kind of grab from my um, my youth peers um, is that um, students are looking for more opportunities for harm reduction slash risk aversion instead of harm prevention and consequences. Um, students were telling me that, like, hey, like I'm already here, I know the consequences, but I'm here and how, how do I get out of it? How do I reduce the harm that it's doing to me? Um, another recommendation is to have youth teach youth. Um, High schoolers teaching middle schoolers, CMC students or young adults teaching high schoolers. Students just want people their age teaching the material so that it is more relevant and relatable to them. Um, Another recommendation is to work with officers on campus and Bright Future Foundations to implement restorative justice more and to talk about intersectionality between identities, privilege, and power. Um, Another recommendation is similar to what Youth Power 365 already does in our high schools. Um, They're there two days a week in the counselor's office. You can go to them for college and career readiness support. Super easy, awesome resource. Um, And so um, it's a recommendation to have a person from each nonprofit organization within schools at least twice a week. Um, This can be a resource for students and also can create a safe space for them within schools to offer more peer-to-peer support. Um, Another recommendation is to go into out of school youth groups like My Future Pathways and offer BE programs there. Um, And then my last recommendation is to offer life skill classes to our upperclassmen. Our juniors and seniors are kind of struggling with transitioning into young adults. Um, and so they're reporting not being able to understand things like insurance, um, opening a bank account, credit cards, getting loans, changing car wheels, flat tires, like just like typical, like stuff you got to handle as an adult. Um, and so, um, it would, they just don't feel prepared and it would really help to have some sort of adulting 101 or life skills class for juniors and seniors. We can't just... Cut off at like freshman sophomore year and just let them go because a lot of um, our our high schoolers do not have the support at home to become or transition successfully into adults. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Um, we will move into Q and A for any questions.
8: she had to wrap and fire through that, but I think she did a great job. Sorry. She? <laughs> that was a great
5: lot job. Of
0: Thank you both. Any questions? I want to
2: make a comment, Uh, Christy, not only is it super helpful to understand your process and your findings, your broader recommendations for the district and how to integrate some of these suggestions that you found from students, I think it's at least equally as impressive that you've moved on. You're in college now and you're spending part of your valuable time on your winter break here with us. Thank you. We've missed you. Um, (laughs) I wonder if we could meet Gabriella very quickly. Um, come on up to either of the mics, if you wouldn 't mind, curious if you started yet and if there 's anything you 'd be willing to share about what you 're excited about with this role and I know we do have a schedule we 're trying to stick to Dan's great at that, but we 're going to blow that because we want to meet you.
9: Yeah, so my name is Gabriela Gallegos i 'm a junior at Battle Mountain High School, and I just got this job at the probably the start of break and um Uh, What really interested me about this job is like originally I was like these programs are so important when they come into our schools. But being a student, I only see these programs come in, you know, periodically, like a couple times a year. And being a junior, I have I've seen that happen less. So I really want to with this job, find a way to. You know, have these programs come in more often, especially for upperclassmen, like Christy was saying, with those life skills. These programs are very important for building a stronger community, especially with the, the students, like the high schoolers. These are very, um, very just like relevant people in our communities. And I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, I just started, so I'm learning more and more about this job, but I'm really excited to see what I could do from a student perspective and what I could tell the programs on what they maybe may need to improve upon or, you know, change and yeah. Nice, nice. So what
8: the, we're really looking to Gabby also to help us kind of connect with the parents, because she's got some really great communication skills and her goals in life in broadcast. And we think she could be really creative in helping us be better engaged uh, with our community as well, taking that youth perspective beyond us, adults. Do you guys have any other questions for Any us? other questions?
4: do you guys work with a team of other uh, students like one from each of the different areas that you went to like the yes program and the hope squad do you
5: so um, when I it's, it's weird because this is technically not my job anymore, but I'm like still here. But when I had the job, I was in high school. So a lot of these groups I actually was involved with in my own time in high school. So I just knew a lot of like students through that. And I was like, hey, you want to join a focus group? Come let me facilitate you. And yeah, all my buddies were like, sure, that sounds great. So um, but it was definitely like a lot of emailing because I am at Eagle Valley High School. So for like the middle schools and everything, it was just Got to find the contact, got a social network, and got to hopefully, hopefully get a response on emails.
8: Yeah. So, Christy was one of our youth equity stewardship leads. Um, with Actually, you helped launch the program, did you not? Youth equity, the yes? I guess, kind of, with way. (laughs) So she was right there, right back in the very beginning of it, and we felt like that the youth advisor position aligned extremely well with the youth equity stewardship programming, and we just felt like that would. I just, I knew I wanted an equity leadership youth in that position, and when Christy applied for the job, she came to me and said, "You know, can I do this with youth youth equity stewardship and then also make it be partners?" And absolutely. It aligned every time and so that helped her really get her arms around the task that we had put in front of her of trying to communicate with all these other groups she had youth equity stewardship she had friends with some of the inclusion clubs she had a lot of she brought the ideas to us you know she came to us and said I don't think we're gonna be able to recruit a bunch of kids look at all these other clubs maybe we can get into them and when, she, when we would say, talk to her about stuff, she'd say, I don't even know what words you're using right now. Can you, you know, let's explain it to me. Then we'd explain it to her, and she'd say, this is how kids understand it, or this is how we understand it. So she helped us with our language a lot, and it was very helpful in so many levels. I can't even, we didn't really know what we were getting into when the Colorado Health Foundation said get a youth advisor, and so we'd said we would, and it just, blossomed into this really great, informative um, piece of work.
0: This, this might be a question for our team, but Amy mentioned MOUs. Do we have MOUs with all of these coalition partners?
2: They are all being worked on. Um, some of them are very in-depth and long, <laughs> um, but they are all being worked on right now.
8: Yeah. Some so, of them are done. I think rather than doing an MOU with the BE partners, each organization wanted to have their own MOU specifically, and we thought that was a more thoughtful approach because the organizations do deliver programs a little bit differently. So,
0: Thank you. Any other board members have questions, just comments? Just
7: really quick questions. Thank you, Christy. Um, your report obviously took a tremendous amount of time, effort, and work, and it was beautifully done. I read through it when I was reading my board reports on Monday night, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of information here. Um, so congratulations. It's uh, really well done, and I mean, this is just a wealth of, of information. So I, I can only imagine how many hours this took you. So yeah, thank you.
8: Yeah. And as this all continues to evolve, because we know this is a social-emotional review year, Gabby's got her hands full as well to to help us, inform us about the evolution of it all, make sure that we're doing, kids know where, we know where kids are at. Thank you.
0: Thank you, thank you. All right, next, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed it. Oh, Lou, we're not quite done yet. Lou? Next on the agenda. Approval of response letter for ECCA, Superintendent.
1: Thanks, Mr. Reynolds. Um, This letter is uh, an annual process that is part of uh, the charter renewal for ECCA. It's in response to the report that they provide to us during during their school improvement uh, presentations as well as some of the financial uh, reporting that we get from Sandy Farrell. Uh, so first, I just wanted to comment on, on Molly Brown transitioning into the principal role. Uh, it has been utterly seamless. I mean, she's she's spent, um, I'm not sure how many years, 20 years at, at ECCA already uh, in various roles. So it's not new to her. Uh, the community knows her. The staff and students know her, but she has done a great job uh, stepping in to take over as principal. I wanted to give her some kudos for that. In terms of uh, the, the, the response letter, uh, the letter includes Uh, a response to their academics, their finances, and their charter goals. In terms of academics, uh, they received a performance rating this year, which is a top category uh, for our schools. Uh, They received 84.7 points on their school performance framework. That's up 15 points from last year. They had a rough year last year, uh, scoring 69.1. But really, uh, you know, put their nose to the grindstone this year and, and showed some tremendous growth. In terms of areas for improvement there, Um, and speaking with with Principal Brown, uh, the academic growth in elementary level in in the category of math, uh, I think is where they need to be moving from approaching to meets on their school performance framework. In terms of finances, they're all good there, uh, transparent and they're accurate in their reporting and working with the district to continue contracting some services through exceptional student services, transportation and nutrition, so we can continue that relationship moving forward. And uh, lastly, I wanted to speak to the charter goals. And the one that we have, have really been uh, pushing them on in recent years is, is trying to get their student population to, to uh, be more diverse and, and appear to be more like the community and the rest of the district. And uh, I want to commend them on progress that they've made. Uh, it, it's a growing about 2% per year in terms of minority enrollment. So. In the last three or four years, we've changed their lottery process, and, and I think that's had a, a good impact. It's not quite where it needs to be yet, but it's getting better, so they're, they're making progress on there. So the letter that you have in your packet is the summary that will be sent to them and, and to their board, and will be part of their charter renewal process. It is a, an action item. It is an action item.
0: Any questions, comments?
2: Hearing none, I move to approve the memo to Eagle County Charter Academy as presented.
4: I'll second. Mm-hmm.
0: Missy. Okay. Thank you. Just making
3: sure you're ready. Mrs. Alter? Aye. Mrs. Connellan? Aye. Mr. McQueenie? Aye. Mr. Pena? Aye. Mr. Reynolds? Aye. Ms. Hartel? Aye. Mrs. T. Varkunas. Aye. Motion passes 7-0. Thank you.
0: Oh. Thank you, Missy. Okay. Moving along. Next, we have uh, approval of a calendar adjustment for calendar adjustment. next year.
1: Correct the the gist of this proposal to to the board is is to acknowledge the fact that that the best way that we can improve outcomes for our students is to have the best prepared staff in front of them Um, all all of our research indicates that uh, teachers who are highly trained highly effective are going to produce the best results so this proposal gives us a couple of more days to work with our staff members uh, to get them trained up uh, this year, the board approved three additional days for us in August and we used every minute of it and really appreciated that, that opportunity. Feedback that we got from staff is that three additional days in August is just a lot. Uh, it's a lot of, of, of new information without time to implement and it really felt like overload. Uh, so we're adjusting that proposal this year, asking for those days to, to be split uh, and spread out over time. Uh, So this proposal would convert two student contact days, one Monday, August 19th, and one Monday, September 23rd. This would still allow 169 instructional days in our academic calendar. That's nine more than the minimum established by CDE. That minimum is 160. And just by way of context, I I think it's important that our community understand that 72% of the districts in Colorado uh, that's 128 out of 178 districts right now, have sought a waiver from the Department of Education to that 160 day minimum. So they are, are under that 160 days, uh, effectively operating on a four day school week. So we, we are not among that crowd. We are among the uh, 28% that are still offering school five days a week. We will we, we'll, we'll continue to do that with this proposal. We will be nine days over the minimum established by the state. So uh, I think that uh, compared to the rest of the state, we are still doing very well with our our contact time. In addition to those two converted days uh, in August and September, uh, just recently, today we received uh, some feedback and I'm sure you have heard this, that there was some concerns over the the length of winter break. Uh, It's historically been two weeks. Uh, This year it got a little bit longer. Uh, we Students were off that, that last Friday before break, so teachers could u- use that time to wrap up their classes, their, their coursework and get grades submitted. And then uh, after the two weeks off, uh, coming back, students were also off Monday and Tuesday. One of those days was a professional development day, one was a planning day. So it ended up being a 19 day break. It's a long time. Uh, so I, I understand that concern. Uh, since we are uh, proposing to, to modify two of these days, Uh, to create uh, some time for more professional development we also have an opportunity uh, to address this concern about the 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 long break if you look at the calendar posted on this this TV in front of me uh, you can see in January of 25 uh, the sixth and the seventh are set aside as staff only days uh, making this break uh, for next school year also 19 days long Um, district leaders would would be amenable to moving that day on on January 7th into March. If you look at March 21st, that's the end of third quarter. uh, And that would be a great time to to have a day with staff only uh, so we could wrap up quarters and um, also do some professional development in that window uh, between February and April break. That's a seven-week stretch with no uh, work days built in. So moving that day from the 7th, of January to the 21st of March we think would be a solution it shortens up that break uh, winter break by one day and creates um, a work day for teachers in the spring so if you're amenable to that uh, we can discuss it uh, and it would require an amendment to the motion that's in your packet uh, but we could kill two birds with one stone here if you want to uh, but I'm open to to your thoughts um, or any feedback that you've received from community members on either of these issues.
2: Um, I'll chime in. Thank you so much for working with uh, your team and looking at creative ways to make sure teachers have the time they need to be prepared and do their best in front of our students, while also considering family needs and schedules. Um, I uh, certainly support and understand that August adjustment, I think it is less, in, less um, intrusive on families' schedules to do that teacher planning before the school year starts, so stretching summer break by one extra day. Um, that se- September date, um, similarly, to if we if we want to switch that January date to the March date, um, that September stretch is a, a pretty long one without any teacher professional development. And another piece that we have heard from teachers is that being able to engage in their learning periodically throughout the year, so they can learn and then practice, mm-hmm. um, has some value more than clumping it all together in just one or two stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on that last note, if we think about modifying the this proposal and the motion, um, I also would support shifting the January 7th. Uh, currently that is a holiday for students and a teacher work day. So adding that back into the student calendar and kind of exchanging that for March 21st. Um, and Overall, I just really appreciate your comments, Superintendent Qualman, reminding us and anybody that's listening in about the situation we're in and how we are comparing to the rest of the state. I think it is critical for our students' learning experience that we have them in school as much as we do. Really appreciate our community and our teachers for sticking with and prioritizing that five-day schedule, five-day a week.
4: I would support this with the amendment that we moved, the 7th. Um, to an in school day and and make the sixes as a professional development day um, so far it looks good like that with that amendment
0: is just to clarify is the 169 student contact days for next calendar year one more than what we're what we have now Yes.
4: With the amendment, would that be 170 or would that still be at 169? No. no oh, no, because it's, it's moving
1: yeah, the Yeah, that, that doesn't change. It's swapping. That. Yeah, that's a one for one.
4: Very good.
0: Any other comments or questions? Would somebody be interested in making a motion? With, with an amendment? Okay.
3: If you guys would refresh your screens, I believe the, oh,
1: I've captured so the motion. She's she's so we'll good, amazing. We'll see.
8: Move to approve converting Monday, August 19th, and Monday, September 23rd, 2024, to staff-only professional development days, and move the January 7th, 2025, professional development day to March 21st,
5: 2025. Second.
0: Missy, will you help us with the vote?
3: Yes, Mr. President. Thank Mrs. You. Alter. Aye. Mrs. Conalan. Aye. Mr. McQueenie. Aye. Mr. Pena. Aye. Mr. Reynolds? Aye. Ms. Hartel? Aye. Mrs. T. Varkunas. Aye. Motion passes seven zero. Thank you.
0: Okay. Moving on to the business and operations portion of the meeting. Looks like we got Sandy Farrell in the batter's box to talk about certification of the 2023 calendar year mill levy. Yes. Five minutes.
10: Thank you. Good night. evening, everyone. Um, here tonight to talk about our 2023 calendar year mill levy. Uh, we do have a presentation. I'm just going to run through a little bit here. The just a reminder that really school districts are um, funded through three main sources um, when it comes to the School Finance Act. So that's property, local property taxes, specific ownership taxes, and state equalization, which is um, backfilled by the state. So in order to come up with the property taxes that are due, the district is able to certify uh, mill levies in order to generate a certain dollar amount. And so the dollar amounts are set and we adjust our mill levies to generate those dollars. And so what we're gonna go through tonight is show you what um, those look like. And um, if you remember right, the last board meeting, you uh, the board approved a resolution to allow me to certify them just because of the time frame this year um, where they had to be Uh, Final assessed values to the district by the third and then we had to have them certified by today Um, So in order to make that happen in a timely manner uh, We did a certification last time and tonight we're asking for a ratification So the dates in here kind of just confirm what those dates are where we got that final certification on January 3rd And we're submitted well everything is submitted as of now, so uh, just to give you guys uh, an idea of what the property tax calculation looks like, this is not our final one. So this was in the board packet on Friday. So we've had some adjustments, but they are reflected on the resolution. So um, just as an idea how this works, if you're um, a homeowner and your value of your property was about $800,000, Uh, One of the things that changed these timelines this year um, was the Senate bill that came in in November, which then gave a value adjustment of $55,000 to the assessed value per property. And so the counties needed to go back and readjust everybody's assessed value, take that $55,000 value adjustment. Um, And so in this scenario, it would drop down to $745,000. Uh, the residential rate was also reduced a little bit, so it dropped to 6.7%. And so what would happen is that you didn't, then would end up with a taxable value of 40, 49915 When you take that times the mill levies that are set, then the property tax bill for Eagle County would be the 1,0506. Um, dollars And that's just the school for Eagle County School District portion of that in this scenario. But I am going to skip from the the changes that are actually in the presentation to the resolution so that you can see the final numbers that were certified. The first part in the resolution shows the change in assessed values. And with that, um, we actually have Uh, Our district actually resides in three different counties. So we have Route, Garfield, and Eagle. And then you have the difference of what we had for 22 23 and what it is for 23 24. So um, you can see that dollar variance of being the um, 1 billion 344 million and a percentage increase of 41.57%. So pretty big jump, but not as big as the 50 to to 46 that we were talking about before, and it's because of that value adjustment. When we set the mill levies to um, generate those specific dollar amounts that are allowed by the School Finance Act and by our mill levy overrides, and the dollars necessary to provide our um, bond principal and interest payments, we come up with these totals of the mill levies. So uh, for the general fund, the mill levies actually dropped 1.438% from 17.578 to 16.14. So we had that drop there. And then in transportation, we, it dropped by a 0.091. And the bond fund dropped by a 0.686 for a total drop in school district mill levies of 2.215. So we had various scenarios going out um, as we went uh, before the voters with the ballot of what our mill levies would look like if we did not um, have the bond or the mill levy uh, approved. And then we had the scenarios whether it was just the bond or the mill levy. So um, based on what that information is that our mill levies did drop by what we shared with the, the voters based on what we knew at the time. Not as much as we expected because they had that um, drop in the valuation of that $55,000, but still um, over 2.2 mils. And the next section down here shows the difference of the revenue actually generated per fund. And it's um, even an increase of 28.79. So even more dollars are generated, but still able to drop the mills as promised to the voters. So what we're asking you tonight, um, after you have any questions on this, is to approve this ratification of the resolution that uh, you guys approved in December. But happy to answer any questions.
0: Any questions for Sandy? the
10: uh, general fund go up? Well, the way the mill levy works is if um, your mill levy is set at a certain amount then it will generate more dollars because of the assessed value increase So the school district is a little different because we are set to generate a certain dollar amount and All of our mill levies or the school finance act is generated um, in total So when we have 70 million dollars being generated for a school finance act our local amount can go up but the state amount decreases And so where other agencies, and I'll use CMC as an example, as an education uh, provider in the community, um, they have mill levies that they can adjust to generate certain dollars. We can't adjust our mill levy on that. So we didn't end up with any kind of windfall from it. It goes to the state, and we do not receive any more revenues from that. And just so you know, we do have our, our School Finance Act mill levy is set at the 12.138 for the School Finance Act, um, which is a lot lower than the maximum it could have been at 28. So we're actually fortunate that we went through the debrucing process when we did. And it's set at that. A lot of fluctuations in there, but a <laughs> great question.
0: It's a long motion. If anyone has the guts,
4: <laughs> so um, thank you for everything that you do and you trying to dumb it down for me to understand all of that. But uh, I move to ratify the resolution, twelve resolving that the. Board of Education, Eagle County School District, RE50J, hereby certifies mill levies for the general transportation and bond redemption funds to the board county commissioners of counties wherein said school district is located. That was long.
3: Second.
0: Any further comments, questions? Seeing none, Missy. Thank
3: you. Mrs. Alter? Aye. Mrs. Connellan? Aye. Mr. McQueenie? Aye. Mr. Pena? Aye. Mr. Reynolds? Aye. Ms. Hortel? Aye. Mrs. Steve Kunis? Aye. Motion passes
0: 7-0. Thank you, Missy. If I am reading this correctly, thank you, Sandy. The only thing left on our agenda tonight, team, Is I want to hear everybody's feedback Okay Take your time from the heart It's time to evaluate the decisions of the board in terms of our governance policies and in in front of you I hope you saw our, our Missy put together all of our policies for us board of education policies binded laminated really nice uh, Juan, you want to start us off? Take your time.
4: Um, I just want to start with uh, thanking Amy Lewis bringing, uh, Christine and bringing Christy and uh, Gabriella up here to discuss with us their partnerships and what they found. It uh, was very interesting. Um, I'd like to thank the principals that came today and talked to us about their schools and. Uh, It was a very good meeting, a lot of information to take home and think about and continue on. And happy birthday, Phil.
2: Uh, Yes, similarly, I shared those highlights in my mind as well, reflecting on tonight. I think it helps us to advance and and recognize our goals and mission when we get to hear directly from our principals who are leading efforts at schools. And I think uh, one of the most powerful ways to impact student learning is to learn directly from our students. And um, Christy's presentation that she worked so hard on throughout her term last year uh, was really valuable to see um, how much student input she was able to engage and what kind of recommendations they had on how we can best support students. Thanks.
0: Um, I did have something to say.:
6: Oh, already,
0: so, No, no, no. No. Um, you th- th- thank you, everyone, for getting this second semester started off with a bang. Now now we can do it. Thank you adjourned. Meeting adjourned.